Hi, welcome to The Truth About Tech. Um, I'm Troy Belici, and we have another uh, amazing guest. We're so thankful that he joined us. Uh, his name is Roman Karopas, and he is the CEO and founder of Innova EV. Thank you for joining us, Roman. Great to be with you. How are you? I'm good. So tell, give me a little bit of history. How did you get into EV? I mean, right now it is kind of like the hot topic. Everybody, any car, every car company is basically building an electric vehicle, uh, but you were in it from the early stages. Yeah, so I'll just be real brief with my background, but it kind of the story um, supports kind of why I'm here. So I uh, grew up in Detroit um, and then uh, went to school and played professional soccer, got hurt, got into, uh, got into a, a job and a career that got me to understand what evaporative emissions is. I wound up being the president and CEO of a company that designed and developed uh, carbon canisters for the major car companies. Um, the parent company was based out in Germany, and we basically had most of the car companies producing those components for them. So the, carb the carbon canister is essential in, in reducing uh, the carbon emissions the vehicle creates. So we were working directly with CARB, EPA, and the OEMs in designing and developing these. And through that, I learned how nasty carbon emissions are, especially in, in low speeds. So from one mile per hour to 25 miles per hour, the car is at its most pollutant stage. So hated carbon emissions, tried to figure out how to uh, you know, reduce them being emitted in the atmosphere. Um, that company was sold. And then I got into embedded electronics and partnered with an Italian company. Um, they had a lot of awesome engineers that worked uh, on telemetry specifically with F1 uh, racing. So what they did is instrumented these race cars with sensors and, and then in real time would get data. Um, so we created a joint venture, had a bunch of real smart Italian guys come and, and work, for, uh, work for us here. And ultimately we, we did a lot of business around uh, the automotive and ag business. And from there, um, I kind of went on my own and started working with, uh, through a relationship with Tesla and at the same time, Fisker, this is going back about 10 years and we designed and developed, um, the digital instrument cluster, as well as the 17 inch touchscreen. So we worked directly with those folks. Um, Brian Finn was, uh, the leader of that infotainment group at Tesla. And we work with uh, the same folks at, at Fisker. Um, unfortunately, uh, after working with them for two, three years, uh, Brian and the engineers that worked at Tesla perished in a in a um, plane crash. Oh, and um, and then Tesla decided to to develop and manu actually manufacture their cockpit electronics themselves. And and Fisker unfortunately went bankrupt. Um, so. All along that lines, I saw that the OEMs and whether it's Tesla or, or, or Fisker or GM, in order to buy an electric vehicle, you need to have a, a decent salary to afford them. Yeah. So what, what we were looking at is figuring out a gap, a solution for cities and for college campuses and communities that fits in between a bike and a scooter and um, a zip car or a Uber or Lyft or a conventional vehicle that someone would purchase. 
So we, we felt that if we had a small low speed electric vehicle and we leveraged our embedded telemetry expertise and put that into the vehicle as a connected car, we could deploy fleets in cities and, and campuses and provide a mode in a shared mode, um, something very similar to a bike and scooter. So that's where we've, we've been able to get to and, and we're launching a bunch of projects in, in, in 2022 around that solution. That's cool. And especially considering if when you're driving in a city, you're usually driving from one to, you know, 20 miles an hour. And it's like, what you were saying is that's when it's putting out the most carbon. Um, so having a, a small car like this, an electric car would alleviate all that pollution in cities. Yeah, for sure. And, and not only that, the whole premise and the focus was the ability to have a mobility for all solution. Closing the point of your original question is we wanted to create a mobility solution that anybody and everybody that has a driver's license can use, whether you're 16 or you're 85. And for us, our vehicle does that. And that to me is kind of the, 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 the most fun aspect of what we're doing is people need to get from point A to point B and they can do it in so many different ways. Right. Uh, here's just another mode that can do that with, without creating any emissions, um, with an ease of use and an app. Yeah. And this is the dash car, right? Is this That's what right. you're talking about? That's right. And um, now do you sell these or are they just like shared vehicles? Exactly. So we deploy fleets in cities and campuses and we manage that whole operation. And um, the cool part about it is that, you know, we collect every, we're connected to the cloud. So we're collecting data every 10 milliseconds, wow. for example, in our cloud environment. Yeah. And that's a lot of different, about 45, 50 cents on the car. But the, the best part is we can tell and we can back up how many CO2 emissions per trip, you know, per, per 10 milliseconds we're saving. So for us, we have the proof that we're truly making an impact in these cities and the environments that people are living in that is yeah. helping them not only get somewhere, but at the same time, reducing the carbon footprint in those areas. Yeah. And where, where what cities are you in now? So we've been focused on in, in Chicago um, primarily over the last couple of years. Um, I funded the whole company myself up until uh, April of last year. Um, we've had pilot projects in Seattle with the University of Washington, pilots in Pittsburgh with the University of Pittsburgh, uh, Fort Collins with Colorado State, Madison um, with the University of Wisconsin. And uh, we've been, we've provided some vehicles to Ohio State and they've been doing autonomous testing um, at Ohio State for the last three, four years, leveraging our vehicle. Wow, that's incredible. Have you always been a car guy? Yeah, it's kind of in my blood. My parents are immigrants. So, you know, they, they work really hard and they worked in Detroit. So all my dad's friends and and um, and I grew up in Hamtramck, which is uh, where the Cadillac plant is, where they're building a bunch of EVs. So it's kind of ironic. But yeah, it was, it's in my blood and uh, I have a passion for it. But I, I always felt that you got to bring in innovation technology, but it has to have a purpose, right? Yeah. Just to do stuff, just to do it. And and that's why we don't want to sell the cars just yet. We really want to impact, you know, and provide people a super affordable way to get around town. But right. we got a trunk, we got AC, we got heat. 
So we got to get you in one of them. So yeah, we got to get you. How in much one room? Of them. Do you have a lot of room in these cars? I mean, what if, you know what? if somebody wants to like move from one place to another? Is there? Do, do they come with trailers? Uh, so you know, we we typically have a geofence where we uh, we have what we call corrals, just like a bike share or scooter share, but we have dedicated parking and charging there. And what's cool is that we were able to charge our vehicles leveraging solar and solar yeah. and wind. So um, wow. being at zero is really cool. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're leaning into about 20 programs um, that are going to launch mid 2022. Um, yeah. Our target is to hit 50 um, by the spring of uh 2022 as far as uh, cities and campuses that have signed on so we're really in growth mode right now so let me ask you about i'm in california and so electricity power is a big problem for us you know we're we're constantly having brownouts even blackouts um and you know and they're trying to mandate that you know new cars will all be electric you know within i don't know 15 20 years and uh and what there's, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how is that going to play out? Are our cities going to have enough power supply to charge all these electric vehicles? Yeah, I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's, that's a complex problem, but the way, the way my lens is I, with solar and with wind and with battery storage, um, mm-hmm. as far as mobility, um, you could do quite a bit. It does. There's no silver bullet in this, right? You know, so it's a it's a definite handshake, and everything that we do is part of an ecosystem, right? So um, utilities are involved. We have had a great relationship with Comet and Exelon here in Chicago, um, right. other and other utilities. So it it's going to take that ecosystem and collaborativeness in order to solve that problem. Yeah. I think where government um, and incentivizing folks um, uh, to, to go green and go, you know, zero emission is, is an important element of that. But infrastructure is really the key, you know, and that's why, you know, you could have a bunch of electric cars, but if you don't have a way to charge them in multiple areas besides your home, it becomes it becomes a headache. And yeah, I think I think where we're at today is much better than we were five years ago. You've seen these chart national charging companies do a really great job of, of going into highly densely populated areas, highways. So it makes it a lot easier. Tesla's done a wonderful job of doing that. And there's others that are following. The Truth About Tech is brought to you by Turbine, the company that's linking the metaverse with the physical world using the internet of things. Everything from electric vehicles to smart cities, to smart grids and digital twins. Turbine is the largest system of sensor data coming from public infrastructure and commercial sources, all highly curated for uses in areas as diverse as augmented reality, insurance calculations, or guiding delivery drones. Check it out at turbine.com. That's T-E-R-B-I-N-E.com. Turbine, we're taking the pulse of the earth. What ultimately will convert people is the experience. So you have to have, and what we focus on is we want to make sure that people absolutely smile and love what they're, when they're in the car, that it's purpose they can get from point A to B when it's raining or snowing, they can still get there where a bike and scooter are challenged, but they could throw groceries in there and that it's frictionless. 
and that the charging is there, they plug it in, they're done. But then they, right. then they see how many CO2 emissions they save per ride, how much the grocery store was able to save on carbon emissions. So it's all about building this momentum for people to see that this is the right way to go, especially where you live. I mean, I spent with my family uh, a couple of weeks in California, and I absolutely think it's one of the most beautiful places. And the sadness about what, what's been happening over because of climate change. And you, you could say that all over the country. So I think it's about giving people modes and options. And we're just trying to do one aspect of it. We were a very niche player, but my hope is that people feel EVs are easy and fun. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, I love electric vehicles. I mean, I remember we were in uh, Palo Alto when they were, we were at some testing facility and somebody had one of the early Teslas. And at the time, I didn't even know what Tesla was. I didn't even know they were working on this car. And so they gave us, uh, we got to test ride them. And, um, and I was just blown away. But the issue that I have with electric cars, even now, it's, it's the, the range, right? It's like the batteries, the batteries are getting much better, but um, there's still that, you know, inconvenience of if you're running out of energy, pulling over and charging the battery. Whereas if you have an internal combustion engine, you just pull over and fill it up. So um, tell me a little bit about how you guys are handling that problem. Yeah, that's why, you know, our battery packs, um, they get over a hundred miles per uh, of range per charge. Mm -hmm. And you have to initiate and end the ride at one of our corrals and charging stations. So um, because we've been at this for quite a long time and battery technology has gotten better and less expensive, but mm -hmm. now hard, hard to get. Um, and I think the solar aspect and the wind aspect and the battery storage piece, those are really, those are all getting better and better as, as, the, as the years go by and the costs are coming down. So what's important is to, to make it again, frictionless and easy. So your, your opinion on that, fast charging on a highway is going to reduce the time. It's gonna make you wait on the side of a highway. You still have to fill up, right? I mean, right, right. From San Francisco to, to LA, you still gotta fill up a couple of times. Right. So I think what Tesla and the others have done, which is awesome, is they've got this network of fast chargers and I think for long haul, those kind of trips, it makes a ton of sense. In the city, right. I think it's parking lots are critical, you know, where people are parking. I, I foresee having much more parking lots full of full of charging stations more than there are today. That's going to take a problem out. People at home having it, getting getting the power um, to their home to charge their vehicle. So I, I think things are are off the ground and running towards that. I think it's just going to continue to to develop over the years to make your opinion to change your opinion hopefully for the better because look convenience is always people's number one make it easy right for right totally but it's also habit right so you know stopping at a gas station you know you got to go buy some seeds or water to <laughs> so all you're doing is just doubling that up just take another you minutes. use the restroom, you got to take a break. <laughs> right, right, right. So, no, I, I totally get it. And it's like, and I think what you're doing in the cities makes more sense than 
long distance because it's all about the range, right? Range anxiety is a real thing. And I experienced it. A, a buddy of mine, uh, we're doing a show, Motor Mythbusters, and we were testing a lot of electric vehicle myths. And he is like all for electric vehicles and his company, they, they take cars and, you know, transform them into electric vehicles. But we, we did a trip one day and it was like a two hour ride and we get there and he's like at 20% charge on his battery. And I was like, wait, so how are we going to get back? He's like, oh, we're just going to have to stop at a parking lot. And we stopped for like a half hour. And I was like, the I was like, we could be <laughs> on the road right now. Yeah. But I feel like what you're doing in the cities makes way more sense because you're just taking short little trips. And if you have enough of these units of these vehicles around for people to use, then, you know, I feel like you might, you're probably not going to run into that range anxiety problem. True, true. Yeah, and that's, that, that was part of our decision of trying to, uh, your your first question is like, what, what, why are you doing what you're doing is, it's, there's a, there's a niche and there's a need. And there's a problem also we're trying to solve for is that tra transit, you know, buses, they've got their role. Uber and Lyft has their role. Scooters and bikes have their role. All have their advantages. All of them have disadvantages, right? Just like anything. And what right. we're trying to do is just be another mode within that ecosystem that, that is, um, um, that is, easy to use and that gets people from point a to point b and if we do that consistently well and people love it it's going to help the planet it's going to help them in their pocketbooks because we're priced more closely to a bike or scooter than a than a uber that's awesome now um do you see us owning cars in 10 years 20 years? Like, do you think people, I mean, I'm sure there's still going to be the enthusiasts or people who just, you know, want to have a car, but I mean, do you see major cities, um, people owning their own vehicles? That's an awesome question. And I, I think about that a lot. And I've got a couple of kids in college and, and boys that are paying the butt to have, give them a car to use. It gets banged up <laughs> parking. It's just a disaster. So I think to answer your point, question directly. I think people will have one car and they'll go yeah. on vacation with it and they'll go on longer trips or if they got to go to Costco and fill it up with a bunch of stuff for sure. But I think if people are in the urban areas um, or communities and they don't need to buy it because there's something shared that that addresses their needs to go to go to transit, to go to the doctor, to go to get food, to go to the convenience store. I mean, it's I think AAA said it was like six, $10,000 per year people spend on a car, between a car right. and that. If there's a mode yeah. there that I can use all year round that is affordable, that's got a trunk, and I don't have to pay all that, and I'm you know, yeah. paying yeah, totally. a tenth of that on a year or less, I don't yeah. know. It's just making e economic sense. You know, there was, a, there was a myth that we wanted to look at, which was which is more affordable, owning your own car or just Ubering. But I feel like your car company having a dash would actually make it even more affordable or, you know, would save you even more money because, you know, you're right. You're looking at the price of the car, then maintenance on the car, car insurance, um, fuel, fuel um, you know, you got all these costs 
that if you don't own a vehicle and you're just using, using ride shares, it's going to save you a lot more money. So it would be interesting to see just like a side-by-side -side, using, using a lift, you're using the, the ride share for a year and having your car for the year and totaling up those, those costs. Let's do it. <laughs> you next year. Uh, <laughs> let, let me ask you about uh, what, like what kind of car do you drive now? Your personal car. Uh, so I have a, uh, an eco diesel or sorry, eco um, F-150 because I've used it to haul a trailers to different events right now. Um, gotcha. So I also have a, a Chevy Volt and I have a Nissan Leaf. Okay. Uh, and um, my we wife, just, we just tested, we tested a couple of Nissan Leafs. We, we saw if you can drive an electric car into a flooded, like, you know, a flood. So we, yeah. we drove a, a Leaf into a pool and uh, it's short circuited. <laughs> oh, shit. <But laughs> you're alive. Thank God. All right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know, for necessity, I, I definitely want to get, I love the F-150. I love, I want to get the E version because I need the, the bed space and I need to haul things here and want, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of, I'm a pickup kind of guy. So yeah, the, yeah. the fact that it's coming out or Ford's coming out, it's, it's great options. Yeah. Um, so you said you were working with F1 for a while. Oh no. So yeah, my engineers from Italy, uh, from Modena that came over and, and worked for us for, for many years, um, awesome engineering capabilities out of that region. And they, they were embedded, um, electrical engineers mm -hmm. that worked on all the sensors for F1, including the steering wheel. So yeah. everything that the cockpit seeing and what the vehicle is doing, all aspects of it, it's like 600 sensors or whatever, how many there are, but they would see what's happening. And that's what we wanted to bring to our car so we could do fleet management. We know how fast the throttle position is. We know um, the braking harshness. We know how many CO2 emissions we're saving. We know the curb height next as we're driving. So these vehicles are sensors, all right? Yeah. So they are yeah. like sponges collecting environmental data, yeah. but as you're driving. And we that's where our, our relationship with cities, municipalities, Department mm -hmm. of Transportation, we, we're providing them very important insights that they haven't had before in a fleet environment, right? So we've got 20, 30, 40 cars in aggregating that data and providing it to key stakeholders is just making cities smarter. Yeah. It's helping our business and it's helping the sustainability. It's like we can prove and back up everything that we're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing, you know, mission that you're going after, you know, because it's like you're cleaning up the cities and you're providing an affordable mode of transportation. Yeah, for all, you know, that's everything that I want to do is, um, you know, about everyone, inclusion, you know, equity. Um, we've been working on the south side of Chicago, one of my most favorite programs, um, you know, started about four years ago, taking seniors, and then we hired about 17 people down in the, in the south side of Chicago, and uh, we had our cars, and they would take seniors from senior homes to go get groceries, go to the doctor's appointments, go to the pharmacy, just because they could go to door and we created jobs. We provided people access that are, are struggling with that. Yeah. It was awesome data. We provided the city and the community, but we did it all at zero emission. 
One story just on that is one lady had to go to dialysis three times a week. It would take two buses. It would take an hour to go basically two and a half miles. It took eight minutes. Wow. How cool is that? Right. So that to me, yeah. that stuff that it, it's so, um, it's so important to me to have purpose, to, to help people, yeah. to love technology, innovation, um, you know, cars. That's your, that's your commercial. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that's like, I'm just, you know, that's like, it warms the heart because you're just, I, you know, my grandfather, before he passed, he had, he was, had to do dialysis. And I remember he would go three times a week and it, and it was just such a huge, you know, it was a strain on him just getting there. Um, that's, that's an amazing story there. Well, my, my dad had uh, dementia, unfortunately, at a really young age and passed. But prior to him getting really bad when we had to take his keys away because of his health, right. his health really declined because the lack of independence. And that crushed me. That yeah. crushed me because all of a sudden it's like you're stuck. Right. You know? And I don't want people to be stuck. And if I could help people be unstuck, I'm doing a good job. You know, this is you're, this is so cool. I mean, like you're opening my mind to like all the other things you can do with these these dash cars. I mean, that's that's got really one more amazing. though. It's really cool. One more. Okay. <laughs> so we just signed a contract with a, a new client that we're deploying a dash uh, a delivery version of our vehicle to do deliveries. So our objective is to be in parking lots and cities offering our two seater, but also our a delivery version so we can help any gig driver that's looking to not have to have a car but can rent it for the half day or for oh, the day or the yeah. yeah so they can and they can use that zero emissions it's got a delivery back end I'll, they, I'll, they I'll don't have you. to own their car they can they, go rent a car no that's right all insurance is included um wow. we even partnered with a, a company that's got uh, a detection system it's brand new if you breathe on it and you have to puff in it after a certain hour, if it catches any measures, any alcohol, car won't oh, start. So wow. we're taking drunk driving, we're attacking that, we're helping the big <laughs> drivers, we're helping grandma. You're saving aunt. the world. <laughs> but the last one is the most, probably the one that's most special is I've got two, I got a uh, my goddaughter, she has um, um, unfortunately spinal muscular atrophy. So she's, uh, in a wheelchair. My, what we're working on right now is a solution for people who are in wheelchairs to provide them a mechanism to have independence, just like I told you about. Yeah, um, they're not stuck. And that's something for me that's super, I have, uh, unfortunately, my cousin passed, he was in a wheelchair. I want to, this I'm telling you is a mission um, that is much broader than just a car and, right. and a car sharing platform. It's about changing, helping people get to work, helping people have independence, helping the world be, be less carbon emitting and just yeah. people save some money, affordability, and not have to be worried about, you know, from a safety and enclosed vehicle that's, that's safe and has a yeah, trunk. Right. right. That's yeah. incredible. Now on, on that, I mean, you said, it's amazing. This, cause right. You, you look at those scooters or the bicycles and you're still exposed you know where in these cars at least you're you have some protection so i've got a daughter at michigan state i've got a son at boulder and and um 
I've just heard and seen some of the challenges and, you know, I, I don't, everyone's going to do what they want to do and God bless. I think those are good modes. Um, but I just always put everything in perspective of, of my kids and my family. And I kind of try to try to apply that to what I do in my business and how I approach life is I want to make sure people are safe and they don't yeah. put themselves into risky situations. Um, that is a benefit of our solution is that it is enclosed. It's we're using the same aluminum. It's a monocoque design. So it's basically you're in a enclosed vehicle that's built out of high strength aluminum. And if someone hits you, you're going to survive at 25, 35, 40, 50 miles per hour. Wow. The other modes are the trauma that happens to me is, is the sad part. You know, people yeah. want to get somewhere they want to do it easy. So um, I'm not knocking. I'm just saying everyone's got a mode. We're just trying to to, to help people um, with safety and, yeah. and with getting them to where they need to get to. This podcast is brought to you by Turbine, the company that's linking the physical and digital worlds using the Internet of Things. Turbine is the largest system of sensor data from around the world, powering everything from electric vehicles to improved air quality and self-driving big rigs. Check it out at Turbine.com. That's T-E-R-B-I-N-E.com. Turbine, we're taking the pulse of the earth. Now, um, do you see at any point, I mean, you know, right now, everybody is racing to be the first autonomous car, right? Everybody, self-driving cars. Do you see that technology becoming incorporated in, in the dash? For sure. So we've been testing at Ohio State. Um, you know, they, they've got some awesome, awesome uh, robotics and automation engineers over there. And, and we've proven our car can do it. Um, so, yes, in the future, that is definitely going to be a mode to, to help complement our car sharing strategy. The car rolling up right to where you're at has and, right. and reshuffling the cars at night if necessary. Those are all things that are, I think, totally totally in, in, in our, in our future. Um, but look, I, I'm, I'm not, you need to invest a lot of money. Like these companies have billions of dollars mm-hmm. to be able to get a car out there and, and drive it successfully. And the liability and the risk is not part of our purview right now. It's not where we're focused on. Yeah, I'm focused sure. on everything else we talked about thus far. That will come, yeah. but that will come with some vis-a-vis a partnership of some sort, and and uh, that will come. But the great part, all the data we're collecting mm-hmm. every day, every mile, every yeah, sure. driving is we're aggregating, we're keeping that, we're getting really smart about our communities because, and that is a key element because if something changes or there's construction or a tree got cut down or this or that we have that updated data and that's very valuable to us. Wow. That's cool. That is awesome. And so, uh, that's, that's really neat. Um, are you Italian? Yeah. Sicilian. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I, um, (laughs) so I've spent a lot of time in the Northern part of Italy and, um, that's where this car was, uh, uh, kind of designed and and made and and we brought it here to, to Chicago. We've done a lot of updates to it, but, I love the Italian way style, yeah. but it's always purpose. The beautiful oh, things, yeah. you know? Totally. We, we just had, uh, 
I'm, I lived here in Monterey. We just had the car week, the concourse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, it's just incredible. But Mike, I have a question. Like, do you, do you obviously into cars, you've been to races, right? Yeah. Now, you know, have you been to a Formula E race? No. It's, it's like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I mean, going to a race, I love the roaring engines. You the sounds. Like, yeah. Ah, 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 yeah. where you go to a, a formula e and it's just like bzz, bzz. so <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if there are going to be those kind of diehard just gearheads that will never convert to ev what, what do you what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean i think that yeah i haven't thought about it too much but having you said that here for five seconds i think that you're always going to have the early adopters and you're going to have people that that are going to you know, one way, one way or another, their wives or their spouses are going to say, let's just do this because it's the right thing to do for us. Yeah. And, it, and it's affordable and blah, blah, blah. So I think we're on that path. But I think like I'm from Detroit. All my buddies had Camaros, Chevelles, you know, the muscle. And I used to go to the Detroit Grand Prix, Alien Prost and Eddie Cheevers and Ayrton Senna. So, man, I was into it. I love that sound. And yeah, our, our cars are pretty quiet. You know, I want to... <laughs> I need to make maybe something. we need to put a <laughs> put a turbo sound on it or seriously, seriously. But yeah, I think you're always going to have people who are going to wait and see, and, and you know. Uh, but there's no reason why not have have your Chevelle, you know, have your Camaro, have your Vet, but or Mustang. So, but at the same time, are you going to drive them every day? Right. Right. So yeah. drive them on Saturday, Sunday. Show them off. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a thumbs up when you're passing by. That's for sure. But but during the week, you go electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, um, dude. It's such a pleasure to meet you. And knowing about your company is incredible. I mean, you're you're what you're doing is just it's it's such a, an amazing mission that you have. Um, is there anything else that you just like like a final statement about electric cars or or what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think there's no silver bullet, right? Um, it's about an ecosystem of options for people, you know, and experience is so important, right? Affordability, experience. Um, not everybody can buy a Tesla, not everybody can buy a Chevy Bolt, and, but let's get people into getting a safe mode of mobility around cities where really is the nastiest emissions and where, you know, um, where we can create a, the biggest impact. And you know, any city, any university, anybody in a community that would be interested in, in, in what we're doing, we'd love to, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to bring our solutions there and be part of a broader ecosystem. And we're always learning. So the data that we're collecting, the insights are, are really valuable to the leaders of states, of cities, of universities, of the country. And it, it's going to take a lot of different solutions to to help out the planet and all of our kids, because at the end, my kids are gonna have kids. So I'm 50, I'm trying to do my part on multiple fronts, but it always comes back to what I told you. It's like, it's gotta come back to family. And if I can help my family, that means I can help your family. And then we can help each other, make this place a lot better than it is today. That's awesome. Roman, You're thank awesome. you so awesome, much, man. man. You're awesome. You're yeah. awesome, dude. This, this is like I'm I'm so impressed with you and this company. Uh, it's just it's yeah, it's I love what you're doing.